Well, we're back with another episode of Conversations and Connections. We're the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the Prevention Coordinator for the agency. And uh, with me today, Dr. Robert Choate, who is uh, one of our, is our uh, uh, staff counselor. Uh, he sees a lot of our clients here. And as we near the holidays, and uh, a little um, in, uh, backstory inside information, it, as we near the holidays, I thought, you know, it'd be a good time to talk to Dr. Choate about how the holidays and incidents of domestic violence uh, probably rise and things like that. And then uh, when uh, I was talking to Dr. Choate, uh, well, first of all, Dr. Choate, thank you for coming thank on. You. And uh, you actually told me that that's really not the case. We, uh, you know... Do we see an uptick in incidents of domestic violence during the holiday season? Well, we'll talk about that. That's okay. A, that's an interesting interesting issue. The, the thing about the winter holidays, especially Thanksgiving to Christmas and to New Year's, mm-hmm. uh, there's lots of traditions. Uh, decorations go up. Uh, we, uh, we figure out we're going to have turkey or we're going to have ham. Uh, lights, movies, music, sparkling cards, all that kind of stuff. And that... That denotes the season. Uh, for, uh, that's for some families. Uh, now, families uh, experiencing domestic violence during the holidays, it's as traditional as hanging the lights and decorating the tree. comes right along with the business. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it brings an unavoidable heaviness to the season. For lots of, for the, especially for survivors and, and, and our advocates that work here, the people who yeah. work with those people who are going through issues of domestic violence. And in spite of the triggering um, memories and the manipulation, the feelings of fear, guilt, worry, and panic, survivors and their families return home for the holidays. Uh, and uh, we've, know, we've seen here where the shelter empties out. We, we want them to be with their families. We want them to be, uh, enjoy the season. Uh, when I was working in mental health, uh, it, it kind of undue to reason, the mental health units emptied out during the, uh, the, the system. Okay. And often people went back to the same uh, panic and, and uh, torture that went on before they came in. So it's, it's rather an interesting uh, thing. Uh, and one of the things that's so interesting about this is the popular perception is that domestic violence increases during the holiday times uh, due to this alcohol consumption, uh, stress, buying the right, tours, uh, the right toys, tension, increased anxiety, uh, overwhelming expectations and pressure. Uh, this season, uh, the big thing is, can you get the toys? Are yes. they still stuck on a barge out in the middle of uh, <laughs> out in the middle of the, right. of the Gulf, yeah. wherever yeah. wherever those things are? All of that kind of pressure kind of gets us. Uh, we're going to talk about financial pressure or family relationships. Those are a given. That 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 happens along with us. Uh, but the idea that domestic violence increases because of holiday stressors can also create some misconceptions. Well, and that's what, whenever I was, I thought, hey, this would be a perfect time to talk to you. Yeah. Rates go up. Why do rates go up and, and all of that? But uh, or the rates of, you know, domestic violence and, and things like that. But, uh, 
you, you know, and again, you told me, well, that's really not the case. It's kind of the opposite. It's well, just, and, it's, and it's, honestly, it surprised me. Uh, the issue is, is that the conditions that make abusive, abusive relationships more complex impact a survivor's overall safety and elevate their danger level uh, are, can be used and are often used to justify or minimize the abuse. Uh, or maybe, just maybe, a why a survivor stays and does not leave an abusive relationship. Yeah. Uh, uh, remember that, they are, that all of these pressures, all of this stuff, is not the root cause of domestic violence. Claiming that these circumstances, this tension, this, uh, um, uh, all the stuff they're having to go through, uh, alone causes domestic, domestic violence, shifts the blame and the responsibility away from the abuser and into the stress of the holidays, perpetuating the cycle of violence. Okay. And that's something that we don't consider. Right. That uh, abuse, abuse uh, lives inside those that believe they have the inherent right to have power and control over others. Abuse does not come and go like the holiday season. It's intentional, uh, violent, but it does not have to be a hell holiday tradition. Yeah. Huh. And so that's, that's... Uh, uh, in, in looking at this, and one of the, one of the things you asked uh, was, is this, in, is this about the holiday? No. Uh, uh, domestic violence is about abuse. It's about power and control. And it happens all year long. Now, what we tend to do is have an illusion, if you will, that because it's the holiday season, it's going to somehow be different. Yeah, and I guess that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> that, you know, somehow it's going to change. Yeah. And, and even the survivors have that illusion that somehow magical, something magical about the holiday season is going to mean hanging the tree and it doesn't look right, not my fault. Yeah. And it and it never is because it's not about fault. It's about power and control. Yeah. And power and control is there whether the tree tree is hung right or not. Yeah. Whether the the meal comes off right or not. And so those are the kind of things that we we have to really pay attention to. Sure. Um, I uh, having having looked at this uh, a little bit more in depth than what I normally would is how do we go about uh, doing uh, this way. One of the things that we we find with survivors of domestic abuse is post-traumatic stress disorder. And we find complex PTSD. Complex PTSD is when those traumatic events occur again and again and again and again. Every holiday. Yeah. Every day. Every time there's a change, every time there's a going to school, every time there's a change in the kids, again and again and again. Yeah. So what we have to do is we have to talk about the ongoing issue of domestic violence. It may or may not, it may not, may or may not be exacerbated, made worse, if you will, by some of the issues in the holiday. But that's not the core. When, when you talk about PTSD, what about adult children, you know, Coming back home for the holidays, maybe they either were abused or they witnessed domestic violence, you know, uh, between their their parents when they were children, and now they're adults and they come home. Uh, even as adults, I would think that 
would raise some back, some former memories that may not be pleasant? Sometimes it just picks up where it left off for folks. Okay, yeah. That they, they go back home thinking it's going to be different, and it's the same abuser. Yeah. It's the same abuse. Uh, it may not be as directed toward them, but they have all the triggers to the abuse, the yelling, the screaming, the throwing things, the, uh, all of those kinds of, uh, of issues. The, uh, and then you mix alcohol with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, uh, those, are the, the, those are some of the kinds of things that uh, um, the negative aspects of PTSD tend to come back. And then you, what we uh, have is people who uh, are re-traumatized. They come back home, especially students, come home. Uh, they're, uh, they've been independent at college. They've been operating their own things. They have been maybe working through some of their own issues uh, coming from a traumatic or dysfunctional family. And they go right back into that trauma and that dysfunction. Yeah, yeah. And they're having to deal with those triggers that bring on PTSD. Right. On those, those, uh, uh, and we'll talk. We can talk about that if you want to. We can yeah, talk about some of that stuff. That's, if you want to? Well, and 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 I guess um, you know the holidays. You know, there are time um, of you know families being reunited or not reunited, but you know being back home and the reunion of families and 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 things like that. It's supposed to be a joyous time, and I guess. Coming into this, I was thinking, well, it's everybody together. It's closed situations, you know. Mm-hmm. And some people, I personally love to see my family during mm-hmm. the holidays. And I do know there are some people out there that they they mm-hmm. kind of dread it. And I guess that's what I was under the assumption where these rates might uh, uh, might uh, go up. But it's really interesting about the topic of PTSD because you always hear about it when you talk about um, uh, soldiers or, or mm-hmm. people who have seen battle, but you don't think about it being a domestic issue. And we find it uh, uh, just one of the interesting things is that we find lots of kids who are diagnosed with, uh, they, they come into the school district uh, with uh, uh, a learning disability, uh, uh, ADHD. Okay, that's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we take a look at what the effects of, long-term effects of trauma from childhood are. Ooh, they're very similar. Uh, lack of attention, inability, uh, uh, hyperactivity right. are very similar to kids who have been through trauma. And, and they're very similar to the long-term effects that we talk about with PTSD, uh, 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 flashbacks, uh, uh, oh golly, fear-based isolation, emotional numbness, a negative uh, view of, the, of, of, of their self and the world around them, uh, inability to focus, sleepless nights, uh, hyperarousal, uh, easily startled. Oh, see where it begins mm-hmm. to be similar? And so... Uh, a big part of it is figuring out what is complex trauma and what is the a medical diagnosis of, uh, of attention deficit disorder. So that's a part of that part of that issue. And it's not easily understood. It's not easily understood by people in the schools. It's not easily understood uh, by the, uh, certainly not by the community as a whole. Yeah. That dealing with some of the uh, life issues of trauma 
can be just as dis, uh, disastrous and, and traumatic as living with uh, other kinds of disorders. Because sure. it affects attention cognitively, uh, the ability to concentrate, the ability to attend uh, is, is impacted by trauma. And we say that again and yeah. again and again, especially in our young folks. Right. Uh, I know we, we've kind of been talking about domestic violence, and by all means, I'm not going to assume anything, but uh, I'm going to, I guess, make the assumption anyway that uh, it's pretty much the same holds true with sexual assaults. I mean, we don't see now, I guess, we don't see a rise in those incidents. Well, that's either, interesting. Right? Uh, we, we've, with COVID, we seem to be seeing a rise in childhood sexual assaults. Okay. Because they're around each other more. They're isolated together. There's not outlets. And so that kind of behavior tends to show up more readily. So the referrals have increased a little bit in that area. Okay. I don't know if that is just regionally or if that's nationally. There are no statistics out there for COVID because it's it's so recent. Right. We really don't have any data for that. Uh, Even... Even in the data for uh, PTSD and, and domestic violence, we're about three years behind in any kind of really good uh, national data that's been done. Some of the studies are, are being completed, but we don't have data for them yet. So a lot of stuff that we're looking at is uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, 2019, 2020. So we're not really looking at yeah. a whole lot of that. Right. Um, so we're, we're looking at that. Just as a um, just as a reminder, okay. Remember that uh, the, the, it, this is post traumatic stress disorder disorder, and we refer to it as PTSD. And there are negative effects that can last a lifetime without treatment. Uh, anyone can develop the disorder and may be more susceptible to symptoms uh, of following a traumatic event. Uh, whether you're directly part of the trauma or you witness it. Uh, your brain can kind of freeze up and store that information. As a result, you might develop anxiety, sleeplessness, uh, wanting to isolate. Uh, <clears throat> the, the effects of PTSD <clears throat> can be devastating, and especially devastating to young kids. Uh, tra- trauma trigger- triggers are a part of the P- uh, PTSD, uh, and the triggers take you back to the traumatic moment. Uh, as if it were happening for the first time all over again. Was PTSD, was it recognized as a thing 20, 30, 40 years ago? Uh, Not that far back. Uh, Most of the research uh, in PTSD was actually done late 80s and early 90s. Uh, Charles Figley at the VA hospital in uh, uh, Florida has done a lot of work in, in this area, especially with veterans, uh-huh. uh, and that's really where where we got. We called it uh, um, when I when I was uh, in Vietnam back in the eighties, uh, and I mean the 67, 68, 69, uh, We call it combat fatigue, and uh, people were having a significant problem. It wasn't recognized as a psychiatric disorder then. It was more of, more of a generalized disorder. Sure, sure. <laughs> Well, what about uh, in with, with PTSD as it relates to like what we've been talking about, like domestic violence situations? Uh, mm-hmm. Was that even 
under consideration years ago? Uh, I would say PTSD has been out there for domestic violence situations, uh, certainly since the 80s, since okay. the late 80s, early yeah. 90s. Uh, that's uh, that's where we begin to look at that, uh, and when we get into there's been lots of writing about it since about 2000 and, oh, 2003 2006, and we begin looking at the the uh, diagnostic criteria, and it very much is looking at trauma, and where trauma that's where most of the work has been done in the area of trauma and the long term effects of trauma, right, and it kind of hangs around. Uh, it's a it's a gift that keeps on giving, mm, and yeah. uh, so we we look at that in relationship to the dysfunction within the family. Now, remember, domestic violence isn't the only thing. Uh, uh, alcoholism in the family, uh, sometimes uh, a mental disability, a physical disability, uh, sexual uh, assault. Mm -hmm. uh, these can all produce. Uh, a reaction that's similar to PTSD or, sure. or PTSD symptoms. Uh, the interesting thing about domestic violence is that domestic violence doesn't happen once. It, ha it tends to happen again and again and again and again over the course of a childhood, over the course of a lifetime, 15, 20. Uh, we get people coming in and they talk about, I should have left 15 years ago. I should have done something. Okay, and that's that's part of this dysfunctional thinking that comes out of trauma. Yeah, and so they should have, they could have, they ought to, they must. Uh, you know, all of these uh, these statements mm -hmm. that create um, uh, the dysfunction that comes from PTSD. Right. So I guess as we are getting close to the holidays. Uh, and all these things we talked about, you know, we, we've talked about uh, the PTSD issues and, and things like that. As we near the holidays and a lot of us are going to be reunited with family again that we may or may not be so excited about. Or just the holidays in general, you know. Uh, it, I know the holidays creates a lot of stress. What can we do to uh, head it off at the pass, I guess, so to speak? Well, the in important thing... To, to realize and acknowledge is that uh, stress can intensify uh, triggers and symptoms that come with domestic violence, that come with PTSD as a result of domestic violence, the trauma that's associated mm -hmm. with uh, So adding the stress as a holiday can heavily affect both your physical and mental health. So we need to take a look at that. So how can, how, how can holidays affect your health? Uh, loneliness, a sense of lo uh, uh, losing a loved one, financial distress, past events, traditions, family dynamics, uh, lack of personal health routines, all of that is put together in a little package to uh, intensify mm -hmm. those triggers and, and the things they're going to do. So what can we do? And that's, that always is the question. Sure. Uh, the best way to alleviate uh, symptoms of, the, of this, of, for, especially for survivors, people who have gone through domestic violence, uh, is to work through your trauma. Uh, might uh, have uh, seen a professional therapist. Uh, we offer that through our services. Mm -hmm. It's what we do. Uh, and it helps, helps with overcoming the de debilitating effects of trauma. Holiday stress can increase the symptoms, as I said. So there are f here are five ideas to help. Uh, self-care. 
It sounds simplistic, but self-care can provide significant benefits. Take time for personal hygiene. Eat nutritious food and exercise. Okay. Those are really important issues. Uh, the Harvard Medical School uh, survey says that 62% of people reporting feeling very or somewhat stressed during the holidays. So that that's all of us. Yeah. And so you intensify that with being a survivor. And it, it, can, it can really get to us. So we have to take care sure. of ourselves. I use, a, uh, I, use a, there's a, uh, I use an acronym called HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Okay? Matter of fact, it's so popular that they now have a word for that hungry and angry. It's called hangry. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And hungry isn't just for food. It's for the right kind of food. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's in food at a time when you need it and it's appropriate for you. Sure. And so loneliness during this time is a, is a market issue. When, when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, that's when you make poor choices. You make poor choices about life. You make more choices about relationships. You make poor choices about food, alcohol, those kind of things. So if you can do that self-care and uh, be a part of community to help deal with some of the loneliness, uh, uh, get good sleep. Uh, they say that we adults need seven, six to seven hours of good sleep a night. Children need 12 to 13. So we want to set up, uh, do self-care. Uh, avoid screen time. Okay? Yeah, that's, that's a big one. At least an hour before bed. Okay, now, screen time is, is tablets, uh, phones. You also have to take a look at television, too. Uh, I wouldn't recommend anybody watching the news right before going to bed. Give you at least a half an hour after watching the news before you go to bed. News in today's world is upsetting. Mm-hmm. It's tension. We're going to war with China. We're going to war with, uh, with drugs. We're going to war with all this kind of stuff. And it's, they, they put it out there for ratings, but it, it, it's stressful. Yeah. And it's stress-filled. Sure. So we need to take a look at that. Practice relaxation skills. Breathe. I, I, I teach every one of my clients a new thing called an old thing. It's something that we lose by about age four or five, but we knew it when we were babies, and that is deep breathing. Okay. Conscious breathing. Breathing in such a way that you're relaxing as you're breathing. And that's really good. But there's others. Meditation, yoga, uh, that can help too. Uh, get, get out of your mind and get into your body. Allow your body to help you heal. Uh, create a bedtime routine. Uh, doing the same thing every night can teach your brain that it's time to sleep. Yeah. And it helps. Uh, let's see. Uh, you might even try turning on white noise. Uh, there are white noise machines. There are ways that you can set those up to kind of help mm-hmm. minimize yeah. some of the some of the distractors. Okay. Uh, read. Now, that's an interesting. Not on your tablet. But read. You don't get the same thing from a page. You don't get the uh, the blue uh, uh, blue, the blue light, light right from a right. from a page. Read. Uh, it may be magazines. It may be uh, a novel. It may be a book. Uh, it may be a self help book. Okay. It, there are ways that you can do that. Mindfulness, uh, staying in the present, can be a game changer for those with PTSD. A ther- therapist can help you with that. There's YouTube has some great uh, uh, videos about mindfulness sure. and how to use mindfulness 
as a way of staying grounded in the present so that you don't find yourself uh, laying there thinking about all the mm-hmm. things you should have done, right? all the things you could have said, all the people that hurt you in your life. Okay. Mindfulness is, is a really, a, a truly good one. Take time for yourself. Uh, with the PTSD, you never catch up. So quit trying. Give time to yourself. If you feel stress level rise, take a moment to de-escalate. Go wash your hands under cold water. Uh, I, have a, I have a little trick that I use. Uh, I have a, in my refrigerator, I have a washcloth. On that washcloth is some jasmine oil. I will take that washcloth and I'll take two deep breaths in it. Put it back in the plastic bag, put it back in the refrigerator, and it's calming. It it helps me when I I come home from work and I've been dealing with things all day and I know I'm at a stress level, I need to let go. Uh, I used, by the way, I used to take a a nice bottle of scotch, I mean a a drink (laughs) of scotch. That didn't work. Yeah. That created problems. Stay away from the alcohol. Um, let's see. Uh, practice positive affirmations. Uh, our brains tend to believe the things that we tell it. For example, if you feel out of control, tell yourself you're out of control and your body will react, uh, react accordingly. However, if you say, I am in control, I can handle this, you can be in control. I am stronger than my problems. I am capable. Uh, my stress and anxiety are slowly going away. I am in control of how I feel. All is well. I can do hard things. I can make it through this. Uh, hard moments are challenging my growth. I am doing my best, and that's enough. Usually in domestic violence, those aren't the words that we hear said to us. What's common is, you're not any good. Nobody loves you. Nobody can love yeah. you. So start loving yourself. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Dr. Choate. I appreciate the information. I've learned some things. Like I said, I came into this under the assumption with a lot of things, and uh, you had to uh, point me in the right direction before we even started recording. But I th- thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting Thank me. Thank you. Uh, if you have any um any questions, you can email us, conversations and connections at FCCET.com. Also, if you feel like you need our services here at the Crisis Center, we do have a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week hotline. That's 1-800-828-7233. And be sure to subscribe to Conversations and Connections. You can do that via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, or the podcast service of your choice. And as always, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.